Thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. My name is James Sean, your host. I'm a dad. My wife Terry and I have a almost eight-year-old. Like in a month, she'll be eight. She's a second grader. Her name is Naomi. And uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Positively Dad. I started it last March just to be a resource to help us grow and become better parents, partners, and people. And I think we're on the journey to doing that. We do two podcasts every single week. On Monday, we do a podcast where we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us. And then on Thursdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad. We call those a dad talk episode. And that's what you're listening to right now. Now, today's going to be kind of a special one uh, where we have mom and dad on the podcast with us because we're talking about, you know, that conversation that you might have with your family and you don't often talk about outside of your house. And that is just how darn overwhelming it can be sometimes to be a new parent. And in fact, you'll hear us say it can be the most amazing and most horrible thing at the same time. And John and Brittany Brooks went through that. They have a very, very successful business that the two of them run together. And then a year ago, they became parents. Their daughter just turned a year old at the beginning of the month. And they, they said that 2019 was a year of challenge, a year of joy, a year of excitement, a year of frustration. And I think it's a message that all of us can get some value out of. How do we balance our relationship? How do we balance our career? And how do we balance becoming a family and being the best parents we possibly can? So we're going to have an authentic conversation with John and Brittany today about it. I'm excited. Let's jump in and have it. Brooks family, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Thanks so much for having us. You got it. This is our first dad and mom talk. It's very exciting. Um, to he has to have everybody on and thank you both for listening I know you've been doing that and, and I appreciate it very much I'm excited to talk with you because you've got a story I think to share that um, a lot of moms and dads need to hear right that that you've you've built this very successful business you both work together and then we're no longer husband and wife anymore we're now parents too and how do we balance all that and you guys have been through some stuff with that right yeah, yeah we've gone through multiple, multiple obstacles over the past few years. And I think sharing that, you know, some other people can have some takeaways from our stories and, and we've learned a lot from your podcast as well. So thank you. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about you guys and your family and all that kind of jazz. And then we'll get into the meat of what you, you know, what's on your heart to share. Sure. So uh, to jump in here, Britt, and you can jump in too, just let me know. Uh, we started off in real estate sales in Jacksonville, Florida, when we were 25, uh, coming out of investment banking careers. Um, the first year we jumped in, I mean, we were flat broke, eating Costco hot dogs, uh, <laughs> negative $80,000 in debt. And uh, I jumped out of investment banking because we had a poor real estate experience ourselves, and we thought we could do it better, and Jacksonville's market deserves better. Um, than what we were observing. So uh, my wife gave, or she was my girlfriend at the time, uh, gave me six months to go sell some real estate. Um, at the end of the first year from door knocking, cold calling, doing the groundwork, we'd actually turned around and done 12 million just by myself in sales. Oh, in for your first year? six units. My first year. It is the first <laughs> time I ever had money in my life, right? You know, and, so, for, so real quick, John, for some perspective, for the people that listen to this and don't understand the real estate business, like that's massively successful for uh, a 10-year veteran, let alone your first year. 
I appreciate oh, yeah. that. Yeah, well, it, it was a lot of hard work, right? So, like, we had got our work ethic from the investment banking cultures that we were at before. Um, so we're used to working 14, 16-hour days. We don't have any other responsibilities. We have no family in Jacksonville to speak of. All we had was a was a rescue dog, Thunder, that we would play with on the side. And then the rest of our time was really spent work building our career and building our wealth as fast as possible. Um, so the first yeah. year went amazingly well. Um, and then I didn't know how to build a team. I mean, I was 25, 26 years old. I didn't know how to hire people. I, I had none of that experience. And so I, I was fortunate enough to get connected with KW and love the culture and learn those kind of systems and models. Failed at it very quickly. I think I went through 11 people in 2017. Um, but the business grew because our sales price, it started getting a little bit smarter. Our sales price went up and uh, we had basically doubled our sales to around 24 million. And it was me with like kind of like a half admin doing that because you know, and we did 74 units in 2017. Now, when um, did you guys get married? We got married October 2017. So I actually, um, the business was growing too fast for John to maintain on his own. And he had been, you know, poking at me for about a year saying, you should do this, you should do this. But <laughs> I love I loved my job so much. I, I couldn't imagine leaving. Um, and I think it's, it's important to say, like, John and I, ever since college, we've just been programmed. We don't know what it's like to not work a nine to five. We don't work nine to five. We were working, you know, nine to midnight jobs. So um, it's just hard. It was hard for me to imagine ever leaving corporate life to go to working for myself. And I also thought we would totally kill each other. I was like, there's no way we can make a successful business together. I would slaughter you and, and you know, just from angst and working <laughs> So, um, so we got married in October, 2017, and I had actually decided to leave my investment banking role in July of 2017. So it took a couple months to, you know, get registered, get active with Keller Williams. Um, I started shadowing John and then we led into 2018, which was our massive year of growth. Right. right. Well, can I just jump in here for yeah. just on a quick comment on that? It was insane how long it took for Brittany to come over. I mean, I practically begged her for like six months yeah. and then even invited her out on double dates with other couples to get her to come over. She loved her job at investment banking. Mm -hmm. And the reality was I was struggling. She could see me struggling so much trying to find somebody to team up with that would fit with my personality type because I, you know, it's very aggressive and not everybody wants mm -hmm. to work with that. Sure. So she was and like the only option <laughs> yeah we had the done the option. career visioning um we had done he made me do the kpa and i came in as a top buyer agent and he's like listen i can either hire someone else and they're going to make this amount of money on my team or you can come over and do it yourself and i think that's where it became an accountability of okay i can't let him hire someone else to do a job that clearly from this kpa i was made for mm. and so, so to help people understand what Brittany's talking about because we're speaking Keller Williams language oh, yeah. now to people that, yeah. So it's all great. So a KPA is a behavioral assessment that's owned by Keller Williams. It's a process that Keller Williams created to help make sure that the right people are sitting in the right seat on the bus. And and then you mentioned career visioning. So that's a model we follow for hiring. And I'm sure many companies have stuff like that. So just so people understand. All right. So here's that's what happens. Funny. You You guys date and then you get married and then you decide you're going to work together. And that's a whole different dynamic. 
um, you know, being husband and wife and being in business together. And and we don't have kids yet, right, at this point. No, so tell us no a little kids. bit about no. what that was like. Yeah, so we eventually learned, um, John did get a MAPS coach that year. We we learned that if we stayed in our own lanes and we kept our delegations and responsibilities separate, we didn't, you know, um, I guess mess with each other's flow. We learned that we couldn't tell each other what to do or else there would be resentment. And so we had to respect that each person would become and grow in their own role as long as those responsibilities stayed separate. And that's important. So I remember we... a coach telling me one time, John, that uh, once you get into business with your spouse, Thanksgiving is never the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had really good guidance. We had uh, we specifically went to get a coach that was also in a relationship with somebody who was their, also their business partner. Yeah. And his first piece of advice to us was you need to split up responsibility. So right from the get go, I said, you know what, Brittany, you tackle buyers, clients and I'll tackle sellers and we will just split it up and we'll run two businesses side by side. You own the buyer side. I own the seller side and, and we can't tell each other what to do. We're just going to collaborate to make it better and you can right. decide and, what you want for your business. Yeah. And we knew we respected each other enough that we knew that each person had their skills and were growing their skills in that respective area. And so because of that mutual respect, if we ran into issues, we would collaborate, we would ask each other questions, um, but we make a joke all the time that when John would work at the seller and then they would become a buyer, I had no idea about their their transaction going on. We did not connect during the day. We ran completely separate businesses mm. and people would laugh. That I was like, I haven't even talked to him or seen him all day. <laughs> that's funny. And well, that's, I mean, it, and it, it worked for you, which is the important thing to realize. And so as we have people who are listening that whether you're in real estate or some other field and your spouse is working with you, you know, the way you keep that relationship healthy is you, you clearly set up some boundaries about business time versus family time. I mean, that seems to be Absolutely. pretty clear. Yeah. yeah, there was communication and there was consultation about what worked for us. And if we ever ran into conflict, there was conflict management. So I honestly attribute that success on the relationship front to communication. I mean, that that's, was, great. that's so key. That's great. And you, you talk about your MAPS coach helping you. So the cool thing about that is that Keller Williams does have this whole coaching division and you guys took advantage of that and it helped. Okay. So 2018, about halfway through the year, you get exciting news. Woo. Yeah. 20 so just to, just to start on 2018 though, that was a massive year. Brittany had come in at the beginning of 2018 and just to brag on you, Britt, she sold 66 homes to family. She served 66 families by the end of the year, which I think is a record in Jacksonville for just buyers, mm. just buyers, um, with minimal support. I, we had an admin maybe three or four months of the year, um, which is pretty incredible, Britt. So kudos for you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So we find out that we are pregnant in May. Um, and then, I mean, it was just business as usual. We were excited. I think like any new parent, you're naive going into parenthood. You you think you know, you read the right books that you're supposed to read, you buy everything you're supposed to buy, and it's nothing like you would ever expect like anybody could tell you. And I think it, it may have been different because we were running a, a very large, successful business while we were pregnant and then had our child. So mm -hmm. that is its own um I guess, hurdle that we ran into. Well, how we did, did you, 
how did you get through it? So I get I mean, what we had to do is which was may have been a mistake. We didn't prepare appropriately, we didn't leverage appropriately, and we learned that the hard way. So once Evelyn was born, we realized very quickly that John had to take over the business. Um, so we essentially made a commitment to each other with the help of our family. We had our family here. And I said, I will take baby, you take business. Because remember, we had almost two separate businesses within one that kept right. two people completely busy. Right. So John burnt out. He took on my buyers and his sellers and everything, and he burned out. Um, and so that's his own story of how we evolved into parenthood, running this business, and how that business has evolved. Yeah, because, okay, so basically a year ago, your daughter just turned one, uh, if I remember, just like within the last week or something. And yeah, so, so happy birthday. Back. Thank you. And, um, and so the last year has just had to have been um, – amazing and horrible at the same time. I mean, I, I and I, oh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just, that's what comes to mind to me. It's been yeah. amazing and horrible. Would that be fair? That is what I tell yeah. everybody. It's a beautiful disaster. It was absolutely amazing, but awful at the same time. <laughs> well, okay. So talk about it because, you know, we had Jay Papsan on and you and I talked about that one earlier and he said, you absolutely can have a big business life and a successful family life as well. And you just kind of had to figure that out on the fly. And to be fair, your daughter is one. You're still figuring that out. Um, and so help people understand what you went through and what you've learned from that so that they can, you know, grow also. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I can jump in here, Britt. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. So February 2nd last year, Evelyn was born and I inherited all the buyer clients on top of the seller clients that we had. And we were on pace to do 200 units a year. And within a month, my health had started deteriorating, obviously from the lack of sleep with the baby being up. I mean, Brittany is, uh, is an amazing mom, got up every single time and, and did what she needed to do. And I'm just trying to stay awake to make sure that all the clients are still experiencing the five-star service. So within a month or two, I had to change absolutely everything because overnight you have a giant priority re-rank that I don't think we had ever thought would happen or experience where your time instantly becomes extraordinarily valuable and you have to protect it. It's no more long, longer I'm just, you know, I can go out at any time of day and do whatever I need to do. I don't have any family. Now I have family in town. I have a newborn. I have a lack of sleep. I'm working so much that my health is starting to deteriorate. Um, and within three months, the business was still doing great. But uh, I had actually uh, had a slip disc in my lower back that took me out of the game for about a month. Um, I had to go to the hospital and we were considering getting a microdiscectomy. Um, in North Carolina, uh, which is where our, our health insurance covered it. And so it was like a big downhill spiral um, for the first four to five months, um, health-wise and personal-wise, because there's just so much stress on your shoulders. Um, and as I sat there, you know, in pain in my bed by myself, pretty much, while Brittany was taking care of the baby, um, which part of, part of this slip disc was, I was driving a Camaro around town, and, you know, they have those really low seats, uh, sleeping on a soft mattress and carrying the baby around when I was having fun with her on the front, just put that pressure on my back. And of course, because we were so busy working, you know, we weren't keeping up with our health. 
Um, so instantly, overnight, all of those things just showed up that didn't show up before. And it was a complete train wreck, um, which caused us to repurpose our entire lives. It's basically an evolution of, hey, you're single, like, hey, you're married. Now you're in a business relationship with the person you're married. And now you have a family in each one of those phases. Um, I think you kind of you look at your time and your legacy a little bit differently. Well, you were making changes as you go. You're making them on the fly. And the, the thought I'm having right now is I promise you, and, and I mean this in such a nice way, I promise you there's someone listening to this podcast who basically doesn't understand how you didn't know life was going to change, that, that, that they're looking at it and going, you had you know eight or nine months of warning. You know, why didn't you repurpose? Why didn't you think about that? And, and I know you thought about it. I mean, I'm just, I'm curious what you would say to those who might wonder how you weren't prepared. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, um, it's ego, to be honest with you. I think I can do everything all the time. And I had never been shown that I couldn't until the baby came. And yeah, time became and I, valuable. I don't, would you agree with that, Britt? Yeah, it's, it's that. And it, it's pride, it's ego. It's also naive, naivety. I mean, you, you don't know. I, I remember telling my math coach, I was like, well, I'll just bring her in the office and I'll, I'll take her on showings and people understand. And I, I was so dead to the world. I didn't even have brain capacity to write emails and respond and serve clients at the highest level because I was so tired. And that took, you know, a good four to six months because our baby didn't sleep throughout the night, which um, she was up four to six times for the first few months. Mm. And that alone, I was I was gone. So John yeah. had to do it all. Right. And so you have to pivot and adapt in ways that you, you can't even plan for. And it's amazing. It's so amazing. We wouldn't change our lives to the world. It's just that planning and not understanding that the books can't tell you how your body's going to feel. Right. How was your relationship? I, I mean, I don't remember any problems. I think we both understood our own responsibilities. Like I said, we, we had to communicate along the way. We had to tell each other where our issues were. Um, we both knew we were in pain in different ways. And so, I, I, I mean, John, I'll let you handle this. I don't know that we necessarily had any any fissures in the relationship during that time. It was just change. I, I don't. I don't think there, I mean, it was just an enormous amount of stress, but again, if, if you understand Brittany in my background, like we're constantly put ourselves in those positions because that's where we grow. So this was just like another opportunity for us to grow. And we knew that it was temporary, right? Like the kid's going to sleep longer through the night. It's only going to be right. about three months of pain. Like there's an end in sight. And so we kind of just tag team things. We started splitting up responsibilities. I remember Britt, one day we sat down and came up with every single chore we could possibly think of and say, you do this chore, you do, like, first off, like, what do you like to do, right? And then, so you do the ones you like to do, I do the ones we like to do, and the ones that we both don't like to do, let's just pay somebody to do that. I mean, literally, we had lawn mowers, we hired a pooper scooper guy that would come yep. in and scoop the poop up from our dogs in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Like, we were doing, we had hired cleaners, we we're just like, let's leverage out all the stuff we don't have to want to do, because that stuff that neither of us want to do that needs to get done is what will kill the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we, also, we were smart and strategic about it. We also accepted defeat in the business and said we can't do it all. And we were forced to leverage out to two amazing agents that are still on our team. We love them so much. And I don't know how we would have done 
as much volume as we did that first quarter and first half of the year if we did not have help. Um, yeah. So it was just out the responsibilities and, and accepting defeat in areas that we didn't like. So there's a couple of ahas yeah. for me, and that and that is that number one, your uh, the the way you set up the business to work together, and and Brittany, you talked about you know the importance of communicating. That probably helped you through this because you're used to stressors and things like that, and you had a system to communicate with each other. Because I don't know that the average uh, married couple would be able to say that their relationship actually remained pretty good considering everything you went through. So I think that's number one. Number two, you realize something that I would like more people to realize, and that is there is no job too small to be subcontracted. And that if you were going to run a successful, really successful business and be amazing parents and have an amazing marriage at the same time, that means you're not supposed to pick up poop and mow the lawn. And for you to figure that part out, I think really helped you. And it seems so tiny and so minor. And at the end of the day, it probably saved you. Absolutely. Like our list even has who's, who's responsible for taking out the trash and the dishes so that if it gets neglected in those times of busyness, you don't start to resent your partner. You have to know who is responsible and who's accountable for any task, whether it's business or personal, and there has to be communication around it. And that was our, one of our biggest things so that we didn't, A, let things slide in our life, but B, we knew who was responsible and there wasn't resentment over, you know, pointing blame. So you'd describe, I imagine you would des- describe your business as being fairly strong. You would describe your marriage as being fairly strong. How would you describe your ability as parents? We're, we're working on it. I think one of the big things in our programming is the positive parenting and you, you learn through parenting, oh, maybe we shouldn't say things like that. Or you notice your children starting to have certain behaviors. And that's what we're now going through as she grows is, you know, we notice certain things at daycare and the workers and do we want to put her in this environment? And so that creates its own stress now of there's this daunting responsibility of raising good humans that we want to be kind. And right now we're now going through the stage where she's starting to communicate and how are they behaving? Um, And so as parents, that's the next level. I mean, she's alive, right? We kept her alive her first year and now she is growing and her brain is developing. And so that's the new stressor of should we be doing better and having those questions. And I'm sure that every parent has that wondering if you're ever doing enough, if you could be doing more. Yeah. So, you know, go ahead, John. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump in here because this is something that's been a, a theme in our business, personal, all, you know, what our life is like and why we make the decisions we, we make. We're modelers. So whatever job role that we're at or whatever we're going after, we always look up and around to see who else's life we want to model or see and, and why we want to model it. So we go say like, okay, like who's the best parents that we know? Can we reach out to them and see what they do? How do they structure their life? It's the same thing with business. Like, so we go to all the conferences. What, what do they do in their business that allows them to have a very big life and do different things? So like even this morning, I mean, I reached out to somebody who I thought was an excellent mom. And I said, hey, like, you know, what are some schools that you looked at? What are things that you're considering? And asking the questions because we're so hyper aware that maybe we're not doing things right because this is our first time and we're not afraid to reach out and be vulnerable and ask those questions and then model those people that are far beyond us. 
um, because yeah. we don't have all the answers. This is our first time. Yeah, and but, we're researchers and analysts and modelers at our core. So mm -hmm. we're not afraid to ask those questions and dig deeper for higher learning. Well, and that's the purpose of what this podcast is about, quite frankly, is to help us find out what other parents are doing and then other things that we've got to consider. And what, you know, something I think I've learned in the almost eight years now that I've been a parent, Naomi will be, let's see, she'll be eight in just about a month. And, uh, and it happens, they tell you it happens fast. And I'm telling you, she was two <laughs> like yesterday. Um, and there are people rolling their eyes who are listening, going, just wait till she's 16. Um, the, the, you know, what I've learned is that number one, we've got to afford ourselves a little bit of grace as parents, and we're going to make mistakes. We're going to say things that we wish we wouldn't have said. We're going to behave in a way toward our children that we wish we wouldn't have behaved. Um, and, and we shouldn't overanalyze that. In fact, what I found is we, we should be authentic in that. And that when we do make a mistake or say so, something we shouldn't have said or behave in a way we shouldn't have behaved in, then we, we tell our kids, Hey, I'm sorry, I did this or whatever. And, and I think that, so I, I just want to go, just hit the pause button a minute and give us, give ourselves a little bit of grace that we're always doing the best that we can. And with reflection, we can get better. And yet in the moment, we're doing the best we can. How do you feel about that? Yeah. And I was thinking of the word awareness and just opening yourself, like you said, for doing the best you can and becoming aware of maybe those areas where you could make changes um, and just becoming humble about it and knowing that there's probably always room for growth and not everybody's perfect. And I think just having that awareness and acceptance that we can always be better. And I know that there are probably our perfect parents out there, but you know, most of us are always wondering and striving for that better position. And could I be doing something different? So well, well the ones who think the ones who think they're perfect are probably the worst ones. Right. And the, <laughs> the ones who are constantly looking at it and going, Whoa, I wonder about that. Or that didn't seem right. Or like you're saying, you know, is what she's hearing, in daycare, what I desire for her to hear. Like those are legitimate and fair questions. And yeah. that shows your desire to be a strong parent. So, and I'm giving up control because I mean, there's only so much you can have control during their day. You know, we're not there with them every minute. And so it's, it's thinking about, okay, what environment am I putting them in? Because I do have responsibility over that to some extent. Um, and making those changes where you see fit to your abilities and to the extent that you can. Yeah. Can I? Can I jump in here real quick? Of course. I'm, I mean, I am so far from perfect. It's unreal. <laughs> um, they, they, I, like, I, I make so many mistakes every single day. And the, the reality of it is I chose the right wife and life partner for me. Because, Brittany, you compliment all the things that I suck at. And so, like, I'm not going to be a perfect parent on my own. Like, it is impossible. And I don't think you would be either, to be honest. I don't think either of us. It, you have to have other people um, in their lives to help them get different perspectives, to, to do different things with them, different activities. And Brittany and I are always operating from our strengths. And so even, like, the time that we spend with our daughter together, we kind of, we do different things with her. Right, Britt? Like, we. Yeah. And it makes me want to cry because I I grew up with a single parent. I mean, I had both parents in my life, but growing up, I had a single parent. And hearing all this just makes me, every day I count my blessings because mm -hmm. single parents, oh my gosh, you guys are doing amazing. And I can only imagine how hard it must be. 
And I just yeah. want to throw that out there, like commend single parents because, and I'm getting emotional because I just, after having her, and when you reflect on other people in this world that are raising kids and how fortunate, you know, John and I are to have each other, I just, kudos to all the single parents out there because yeah. I know you're working so hard. So, and they yeah. are. I've I've talked to a couple of single dads and, um, the and, and I've met many single moms. My mom raised me as a single mom for the first six years that I was alive. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard and um and when that's why we've got to support each other as a community. And you know, even the stuff you're sharing can help every parent who's out there listening. So what is the take home message based on what you've learned over the last year, especially? If you're gonna coach a parent on something, what is the absolute take-home message they've got to get from today? <laughs> I mean, I have my own, but it's, it's not this high-level philosophy, and it probably would have saved both of us and our grandparents if everybody had read this book. I'm going to make a shout-out to Happiest Baby on the Block book because we would have saved ourselves a lot of angst. Um, as well as, it, you know, if you're in this world with a spouse that you love and care about, um, one of our big ahas that we're so thankful for is that we do communicate on a high level. And when we notice conflict, we don't sweep it under the rug. We talk about it. And we're not afraid to accept feedback. Um, and that's just come from coaching and having a, the right mindset around it. When you ask and receive feedback and you take it and you strive to make yourself better. And that can go in so many different realms besides parenting, but that is a huge one, is having that communication and acceptance of feedback. Love it. John, what would you add? For me, as a dad, the number one thing is to love your kid. It's, it kind of sounds weird, but, like, I freaking love Evelyn, and she can feel it. I, You know, you can look at the the – your child and smile at them they smile right back to you they're excited to see you and if you just love them and do the best you absolutely can and you're very conscious and thinking about them I don't think you can go wrong because it's just a massive adaptation over time it's like okay like I yes I messed up here but let's let's switch it over here and tweak it here and as long as they're seeing you progress and evolve they'll evolve with you and and um, it's just such a cool thing. I mean, I'm super pumped up because I, I want to have another one. So um, <laughs> even through all that struggle, you know, it, there's just so much love and, and your life becomes so much more purposeful and just enjoy it because uh, this has been the biggest growth year for us and I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, through all the disasters, I would say I've never felt so much joy and I didn't think it was possible to feel so much joy as you do having your child or your children. And I mean, it's, it, there's some pains and growing pains along the way. And yet I, I tell my in-laws this because now they're hesitant to have kids because we went through such a daunting experience. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I can't imagine my life. And people say this, it's cliche, any different way yeah. than having her. And it just makes you want to have more. And everybody has their experience and they have their choice of how many kids, but we're just so excited to grow our family because we've learned and we've, we've pivoted and we've learned the best practices and there's always going to be more growing. You know, you add another one to the mix, but we're excited because we're not afraid of that growth. Well, you have added so much to this today and I just want to thank you. I think that 
the parents who are listening can relate a lot and can also have a little bit of hope and and can also just think about, hey, what do we have to put in place? So I, I appreciate both of you, John and Brittany, for taking time out and joining us today. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, James. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. So many great things from John and Brittany, and uh, they were they were really authentic, which is something I appreciate. They talked about, you know, building the business, what the relationship was like, what they were used to, and quite frankly, how becoming parents really kind of threw them for a loop, and they were underprepared. So I trust that as you listen to this, you know, you can kind of reflect back on maybe where you were underprepared as a parent and think about that. And then how can we help, you know, soon to be parents, you know, and support them and be a community like we mentioned on the show? Well, that's what we are. We're a community. We're a community of dads who are getting together to help us be better dads. And I thank you for being part of that community and for listening. You probably know somebody who should hear these messages that we're doing. And if you do, would you share your, these podcasts with them um, and, and let them know about what we're doing over here at Positively Dad. Would you rate us and review us wherever you're listening? We love five stars. And then finally, we would love to connect with you online. We're at Positively Dad. Just search on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and uh, connect with us there. Finally, if you would like to be on the show or know someone who'd be a great guest, just send me an email. My email address is james at positivelydad.com and I'd love to have them on. Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm James Shaw. We'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.